cool we'll get started so welcome Katie to the creative waffle podcast it's really excited to have you on uh do you want to introduce yourself first for everyone yeah so hi I'm Katie I'm a graphic designer and a branding designer um I'm still a university student um I'm in my final year at the University of Leeds studying graphic design um and yeah I've been doing my business for just over a year now but it hasn't really taken off until sort of lockdown happened which I guess is kind of lucky for some not so much for others but um but yeah I've got just over 7,000 followers on Instagram now which is um always increasing which is which is really great I'm hoping to reach 10k by the end of the year so yeah it's really exciting you've your business has done insanely well isn't it in lockdown considering that how old are you you're 20 20 yeah yeah and you just seem to be churning out all the client work and being really recognised for what you do, and it, you're doing really well. You're doing an amazing oh, job. You. <laughs> yeah, and your work's yeah, really remember, cool. Oh, thank you. I remember <laughs> I went on a podcast like two or three months ago, and I literally had like three thousand followers at the time. Yeah. And like here I am, sat doing this one. I'm like seven thousand. I'm like oh, it's just it's just getting higher and higher, and I'm like <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry, sorry, just break up for a second. We completely froze for a second there. This is going to happen at all podcasts. Whoever's yeah. editing this is going to have a job. Um, yeah, well, I was following you back then when you did that podcast because I remember listening yeah. to you and um, thinking, we'll get her on the podcast. She's got a good podcast voice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, and it, yeah, it just seems your growth is just exponential. Mm. It's just going crazy. And I suppose that must really help with um, with finding clients and getting recognised for actually oh, doing yeah, work too. Oh, yeah, of course. Too. I mean... Like, yeah. my Instagram page is literally where I get the majority of um, potential clients from. I mean, I literally post, well, I try to post almost every single day. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, my engagement rate is quite high, which which is really great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely get most most clients from Instagram, which is, which is fantastic when you think about it. Because, you know, going back maybe even a few years ago, like, that just wouldn't have happened. So, so yeah, definitely really yeah. Well, it's, it's actually really interesting because obviously we talked to a, a whole bunch of people on this podcast and there is mm-hmm. such a split in view on whether social media is worth it or not. And we do get so many people that come on here and go, to be honest, for me, social media is just like, I'm on it because I have to be on it and I don't get any work from it. And every all my work comes through my SEO and oh, wow. my paid advertising. Whereas you're like proof that it does happen. You do you do get work through social media. Yeah. Like work does does come through Instagram. <laughs> I think there's such yeah. a big generation of sort of branding designers on Instagram nowadays. Like, I mean, obviously, we're, yeah. we've got like a massive community of us over here on Instagram, which is really great. And I mean, obviously, we all connect with each other, which is yeah. so amazing. But but yeah, I mean, I think when people are looking for logo designs and stuff, the first place that they turn to is social media. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's really important. Um, I mean, even for small businesses in general, not just designers. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive advocate of that. And it is, it's great yeah. looking at other designers because I try and use social media to promote myself. I think when you're doing something that's so visual, obviously you're going to use a visual platform to promote that. Yeah, It makes sense yeah. really, doesn't it? And to be honest, small businesses do use it so much and that's who my target audience are. So that's why exactly. I'm there. That's why that's why I'm trying to attract those people. So it is, it is really good to see that you are proof of concept that it does yeah. actually, actually work. I, mean, I, have, I have people come up to me and they sort of ask me, um oh can I see some of your work like do you have a portfolio I'm like yeah like here's a link to my website but to be honest you're probably gonna get see more idea of my style if you look at my Instagram feed <laughs> I do the same thing because it's yeah you that's the thing you've got a very distinctive style and you do you land straight on your page and you can see exactly what sort of work you do yeah and the sort of work that you're going to produce for a client which I think it is it's like a snapshot 
portfolio. You can literally exactly. look at it and see all of those pieces of work that you've done and how they all tie into a very specific style, mm-hmm. which exactly. obviously allows I mean, you to niche down as well. So yeah. people land on I mean, your page and know immediately if you're going to work or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I just get so OCD like about the layout of my feed and, you know, planning content and yeah. just making sure that each individual picture looks right next to that one. And oh, it, it takes up a lot of my time, but to be honest, it's quite worth it because you know, my feed all looks so cohesive and you can just yeah. take one look at it and sort of know who I am as a designer, which I think is really great. I mean, when you're looking at somebody's website, like, yes, it can be nicely designed and, you know, you can have your portfolio, but everything is so individual. You will look at a project individually, whereas when you can sort of see it amongst other work, you just get a better sort of generalised idea, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. it, is, it sort of puts it into context in terms of all yeah. of the different types of work that you do. We're back. Oh, yeah, sorry, I think it froze for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it always does. Splits there up. You go. <laughs> but yeah, you do have a very specific style. Did you find? Mm-hmm. Was it a bit of a journey to find that, or was that just something that you fell into because you love it? Or how did how did that evolve? How did you get to that point? Yeah, I mean, anybody that's been following <laughs> me for a while will probably know the array of logos that I've gone through myself. I mean, yeah. you know, my personal branding is definitely just. Ugh, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to like you, my logo. But you definitely <laughs> went through a, a phase where your logo was changing like every month or so. Every I swear. two weeks. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think, to be fair, I feel like I'm at a point now where I can comfortably say that I'm quite happy with my style. And to be honest, it's just sort of come from looking at inspiration, like looking at other work that I like. And it's it's really fluctuated over the last year or so. I mean, when I started uni, like some other projects I produced, I would literally not even put next to my name now. I'm like, yeah. no, they look so horrendous. I'm, I don't want to. I think we all have that. <laughs> exactly, but um, but yeah, I think the more sort of I was working on, not only client work but generally just sort of content for my Instagram page or personal projects that I've been working on my spare time, you know, I sort of got to a point where a lot of the inspiration I was taking was coming from like the same people. Um, like Brighton Made on Instagram is probably I was one just of my say, inspirations. You like, can really see sort of her work, not not like obviously copying at all, but you can definitely yeah, yeah, see her yeah. influence. If you know what yeah. I mean, like that sort um, of boho. I remember when I found yeah. her through you and thinking, oh, so that's what inspired her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I'm like a copycat of her because that's just like wrong in this day. No, you're not. They're very different. Episode, but but um but yeah I mean I use her as a lot of my inspiration I mean my sort of ideas for all of my like artistic sort of backgrounds and stuff I mean all of that came from sort of learning from her I guess yeah um and I mean don't get me wrong there are so many other people that I take inspiration from I mean um WK Creative Whitney on Instagram she's a big inspiration of mine as well um but yeah Pinterest like my Pinterest board is just is massive I mean honestly you go onto my Pinterest (laughs) and you can be scrolling for days like I just sit on my sp- in my spare time and just go through it and yeah. not even just design as well. Like I have um, a Pinterest board called um, Mood Board and yeah. any image I see on Pinterest, I'm like, oh, that would look good in a mood board. I just shove <laughs> that in there. Um, <laughs> That's great so, yeah, though because then you've like, got like a curated place to go oh, yeah. for your mood board images. Like oh, the rest of us will have so to go much easier. through Pinterest and go through all the crap to find the nice stuff. Yeah. Whereas yours are already I there mean, and you can... It's like your own personal library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Pinterest is definitely up there with like one of my most used social media because I'm just, I'm like always on it scrolling for more and more inspiration. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, my style is just sort of a, a massive combination of all of my previous work and everything I do now. I mean, colour is a really important thing for me. I mean, if you look at my Instagram feed, like 
there's going to be pink there like no Mm. word of a doubt there's always pink in everything I do (laughs) and I think that's just personal preference you know yeah um I work with a lot of very feminine brands um which is I guess my niche and um and yeah pink is definitely a staple I do have the odd person come to me and they'll be like oh I really don't like the color pink like I want to use blues and greens and I'm like okay that's fine but that's not going on my Instagram feed like it might go on my website but not on my Instagram feed (laughs) Or you have to um, alter it when people alter. I, I haven't done it personally, yeah. but that's only because my feed is very bright colors. So I get away mm-hmm. with different stuff. Whereas oh, yeah, and I know sure. where yours is so very specific color palette. Um, I think it might have been you actually. Wouldn't you change a brand um, so that it could go on your Instagram feed? Might yeah, have so the, yeah. I basically... Um, I've recolored it. Yeah. studio. Yeah, so I like to take... Um, sort of the most neutral version of the yes, logo this is what and I use mean, that yeah. as sort of like the cover image in a carousel um yeah. I've got a brand coming up that I'm actually posting in the next couple of days um I posted a little snapshot of it today um it's called Emerald Aesthetics yes. and we used a lot of sort of browns and green tones which it yeah. does fit into my um my Instagram feed well but yeah, the browns just, there's right. something yeah. that's just quite not right so what I've done is I've sort of put it onto a neutral background so that it just fits in a bit better I mean I'm such a visual person and like everything I do has to look perfect otherwise my brain just has a little meltdown um (laughs) so yeah I do spend so long like rearranging all the images and yeah and yeah it's it's definitely a lot of work but I mean I think it pays off so yeah I mean it definitely is proof that a curated Instagram feed is important like people go oh "Oh, it's just a feed just post what you want to post but at the end of the day you are proof <laughs> that by putting exactly. that time in and making sure it all works and it all looks mm-hmm. cohesive, people are like going to land on your page and go, I'm going to follow this because it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I spend a lot of my time trying to educate my clients on that as well. Um, like when I finish up a project, I always, always do like a social feed mock-up, whether it be on Instagram, which is where most of my clients are based anyway, or like Twitter or Facebook or something like that. I always do a little... Um, a little example of a mock-up feed, basically. Um, I did it for a client of mine recently, um, Chloe's Beauty. I worked with her Yeah. probably at the very, very start of lockdown. I feel like my style wasn't quite as developed yet. My process wasn't as quite as, you know, in-depth as it is now. Um, and she came back to me and was like, right, I want to update sort of some Instagram highlights and some Instagram posts. So I went back in, did all of these for her. And she literally messaged me. She was like, you transformed my page. She was like, I just feel like it looks so different. Yeah, and, it um, makes a difference. Know, she's getting more interaction. Yeah, you know, I think people really underestimate how much, like, your social media presence is, like, your first impression as a business, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, that goes first designers and small businesses in general as well. So, yeah, I feel like that's quite a big part of part of my work and what I do. Like, my social media package is probably my most popular one. Um, yeah. Because people always want, like... Um, specifically design prices for their stories or story highlights or templates and, and that kind of stuff yeah 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 exactly that and it's another it's another sort of you're having to prove it really because if you're going to sell that that um package yeah. to someone and say okay I can do your your social media posts and I can do your story templates you need to be like well I do my own and they work yeah, exactly. look at all these look at these people that follow me I've got a good following and exactly. uh, therefore I can do that for you too yeah, yeah so it does exactly. it does prove it so it is it's one of those things that if you're going to sell it's almost like if you're going to sell visual services and you're going to be like oh yeah as a small business this visual stuff can help you build your social media you need to prove that you can build your own social media because otherwise why are they going to trust exactly. you yeah yeah and I definitely so, yeah. feel like that has been such a massive part like since I sort of hit a thousand followers 
God, it must have been back in like March or something now. Ever since then, it's just been growing and growing. It took me so long to reach a thousand, but once I got to that point, it just fully went off. Um, And, you know, you can sort of scroll back through my Instagram and see I've gone through sort of like phases of design. Yeah, (laughs) you can. But um, but yeah, no, everything on my social feed seems to be fairly consistent now and I hope to keep it that way. (laughs) So do you Um, think that consistent feed layout is the biggest contributor to your growing and following or do you think there's other things that you've done as well no I mean I think that that is probably the main contributor like people aren't going to look at your page and then click follow if they don't you know like what they see um I mean first impression thing isn't it yeah I mean obviously I post a lot of useful content I mean I'm always posting like helpful tips for businesses helpful tips for designers like a lot of people um really love my Instagram stories um which, you know, I didn't really think too much about, but um, I took some time off a while ago. It was maybe only a week or something. And I came back and everyone was like, we really missed your stories. And I was like, wow, really? Okay, like, (laughs) that's cool to know. Um, But yeah, you don't go on someone's page and then watch their Instagram stories. You look through their feed. And I think, yeah, definitely having all of that, you know, looking generally quite nice. I mean, we're designers. We're visual people. We have to do things that look nice. Otherwise, people aren't going to almost trust you in a sense yeah Um, exactly that sort of like you like you said it's you know if you're selling it you've got to have it yourself so yeah there's no point in selling logos or selling social media um social media templates and stuff if your logo and your social media templates are no good yourself so (laughs) yes yeah exactly that so something I did really want to ask you about today which I know me and you have spoken about loads of times um you are a uni student studying what is the name of your degree um it's graphic and communication design Okay, and how are you finding it? Um, <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to graphic design at university. And, yeah. you know, sort of speaking to a lot of other designers in the same position as me, you know, I've heard that it's not just, you know, my personal experience. Um, I find that a lot of design courses tend to be very academic. And, I mean, you're paying for a degree, you know, what did you expect? You're going to have to write essays and stuff. Um but I found that I sort of started my business out of it because I found that there was something that I wasn't quite getting from my degree. Yeah. Um, because it's not necessarily the most practical thing in the world. Luckily, final year is a lot more independent. Um, I'm doing a lot of branding projects this year, which is just amazing. Like, I feel like this yeah. year, it, this is mine. <laughs> it's made for you, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, as I said, I found that I wasn't really doing enough design work, even though yeah. I was on a design course. So I started, you know, doing some logos, doing some little challenges. And yeah, my business was sort of born from there. But but yeah, don't get me wrong. It's definitely hard work trying to juggle the two. Um, but I guess, you know, I'm such an ambitious person. Like, I'm literally work, work, work. Um, and you have to have that determination if you want to sort of succeed. And, you know, whether you're a uni student or just doing it as a business as well, you know, in any sort of way, you've got to really just you know have the determination that to succeed really I don't really I don't really know how else to put it you know you just gotta work hard and and um do your best and hope that something good comes out of it so when it comes to working um working for yourself and running your own business how much Mm -hmm. do you think you've learned from your university degree and how much have you learned from your own sort of research and experience and I find I've learned so much more from running my own business a hundred percent um yeah and, you know, I think most I mean, people, people say this, and I just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, trying I mean, to get you to say it for proof. <laughs> yeah, university sort of teaches you practical skills. I mean, you know, my first sort of semester at uni, full stop, was 
all about sort of teaching us how to use the programs but it was in sort of the most dull way like I remember having to photoshop some like rubber ducks next to each other or something ridiculous like that um yeah. and then I had to like design a cereal box based off of an example like it was very sort of here's how you write a text box here's how you color pick here's how you yeah. do all this and sort of very practical skills which so were those things you knew it's good but did you know how to do that before you went to uni were you um, did you have some mostly, background yes um, yeah. I did A-level photography, so I was right. very, very competent in Photoshop, which, to be fair, my skills in Photoshop have definitely gone down over the years because I just don't use it as much. Um, <laughs> I'm the same, I remember, yeah. Yeah, before I went to uni, um, I sort of tried to teach myself Illustrator. I actually used to have um, a prints business where I used to sell, like, sort of, um, like, illustrated prints. Right. Um, and that's sort of where my um, skills in Illustrator sort of started to come about. But um, things like InDesign... Um, I didn't touch before somebody taught me how to use that because it confused yeah. me a lot. Um, obviously, I, I know how to use it now, but yeah, uni definitely did teach me that. Um, it just wasn't necessarily in the most creative way. And obviously, I did learn more things after after that. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say like, uni's taught me practical things, you know. I've learned a lot about marketing, funnily enough. Um, oh, really? I do a, yeah, I had to do a module in marketing um, last year, actually. And, and at the time I was like, oh, this is rubbish. Like, what has this got to do with graphic design? But actually I've learned a lot from it. Things to do with like competitors and um, a lot of the knowledge I actually put out on my Instagram page is stuff that I learned from uni. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from like a practical perspective, I have learned some stuff, but things like generally branding and um, dealing with clients, pricing, um, designing my own website, just basically generally running my own business. It's all self-taught. Um, my brand strategy and generally it's sort of just been learned from experience you know looking at how I used to work with clients and what went well what didn't what could have been improved on yeah making tweaks to your progress next time exactly yeah Yeah. and I mean people come to me for advice now and I'm like you know I was just where you were like six months ago you know messaging other designers Lucy's logos was one that I used to message her all the time I was like can you help me with this um and now you know me and her are buddies now like it's yeah well, I, I remember I was the same with you, say, well, that must have been like four yeah. months ago when I was messaging you, like, how do you get clients? Like, you seem to always have so many clients, <laughs> seems to be going so well for you. And then obviously me and you speak on like a pretty much daily basis now in yeah, like yeah. a designer's group chat. So yeah. you do, you sort of, everybody sort of moves at their own point, don't they? But everybody goes mm-hmm. in the same direction, which is yeah. really nice to see. But um, yeah, yeah it, it is It is one of those, it's a, it's a journey, isn't it? And yeah. every, everybody finds their different ways through it when I was at uni I did a, a degree that was mixed um mixed it was called multimedia technology and design so there was a whole mm-hmm. technology focused side of it which was like coding and building video games and all stuff like that I actually ended up teaching myself illustrator because I didn't get to learn yeah. it on my course and I was just gutted and I thought I'd be fun to fun to learn um and then the same with InDesign I never learned that at uni either I just ended up yeah bit of YouTube <laughs> everything's on there and this is the thing so though like would, it's like uni was good but I didn't need uni to learn those things like I could have easily have learned them on my own yeah you know what I mean and makes um, you annoyed that you spent nine grand on it oh yeah I mean like even now I find that when I'm sort of doing stuff at uni they're teaching us stuff I'm like oh I already know that um because I've done it in my business or like here's how you do an audience persona I'm like I've literally done like 50 of these yeah (laughs) do you know what I mean it's just it's sort of helped with experience and I mean I'm doing a group project at the minute 
um, where I'm working with an art and design student, um, a fashion marketing student and a fashion technology student. And I feel like I'm just sat there like teaching them about branding. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> um, obviously that's not really their area. I mean, we do different courses quite obviously, but it's a branding project in general. But but yeah, I just feel like I've come back fresh this year with so much more knowledge than I had before. And um, it's definitely helped helped my sort of learning experience. But yeah, it's nothing that I couldn't have learned on my own. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things, isn't it? That you, you look back afterwards and think, did I really have to spend nine, nine grand a year on that? And especially like I did it for four years. I was like, you're doing it for three. And you think, yeah. it's turned into so much. So just yeah, to be able just... to pop on your CV that you've got a degree. And I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, like degrees are very useful. Like if I ever decide to go into in, an industry job or something, I'm going to be able to look, be like, look, I've got my degree. But to be honest, in sort of the creative industry, they look more at your work than they do at your qualifications. So yes, I've got a degree, but I've been running a business for a year, you know, um, you know, it's been fairly successful as well. And I guess employees are going to look at that more than sort of what's written on my CV, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly that. It's all the experience, isn't it? So the one thing that I always wonder about when we say, oh, if we hadn't done uni, like we'd still be in the same place that we are now. Did you know that you wanted to run your own business before you started uni? Not a clue. No. It was never, ever something that I even considered. No. I mean, part of me was like, oh, it'd be really fun to be a freelancer one day. Like, maybe when I've got a family yeah. and I can look after kids and whatever. But it was never sort of in the plans. Um, I mean, I've wanted to do graphic design literally since I was maybe like 15 years old yeah. it was sort of I, I don't even know how I discovered it but I did and it was what I loved and it's where I wanted to go with it um and I did my work experience um at like a branding agency when I was 16 just for a week and I was like yeah this is fun but like I'm not sure branding is for me like I don't really like the leaflets and the business cards and everything yeah. which funnily enough is exactly what I've ended up doing <laughs> yeah. um it but, depends on the style, doesn't it? At the end of the day, exactly. Like, I always used to find I didn't, I didn't like the idea of doing design because I thought design had to be ugly, like in corporate. Yeah, and, yeah. And oh, had, exactly. Yeah, and it doesn't. <laughs> like there, there yeah, are so no, many brands sure. where you can be really creative with it. So yeah, yeah. When, once you sort of realise that the sort of the world is your oyster when it comes to this sort of career, and you can do yeah, whatever you want with exactly. it, it becomes so much more exciting. I mean, I just remember being quite stumped in first year. Not that you're supposed to know what you want to do in first year, but um, I, we did a lot of focus on sort of book design um, and like designing front covers. And I, I knew that I sort of wanted to go into magazine editing and do all of like the page layouts of like Vogue or something like that. And I sort of just ran with that idea for a while. And then I think it got to, it was the summer in between me finishing my first year and starting my second year. I discovered the Logo Core 30 Day Logo Challenge. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm not doing any work right now. Like, I've never really done logos before. It'll be good practice. So I started doing them. And um, then a girl that I, funnily enough, used to go to school with approached me and she was like, hey, like, can we pay you to design a logo for our cheerleading team? And I was like, oh. um, yeah, like, I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, my God, nobody's ever, like, wanted to pay me for my design work before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And then from then I was like, hey, I actually really enjoyed doing this. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had like three clients in three months, like I really wasn't going anywhere with it. And then sort of comes sort of the, the new year, I was like, do you know what, I want to make a business out of this. Um, I really, really want to focus on it. And 
it would be a really good thing for me to do. And I didn't know whether it was going to take off. I didn't ever know it was going to become as successful as it is now. I mean, I'm literally planning on leaving uni and just doing my business full time, which yeah. was just crazy to me because I was always <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go and get an industry job and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just feel like it's completely changed now for the better. Um, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. I, I literally love working for myself. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. My boyfriend's just started ringing me. <laughs> It's okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> We're so used to phone calls in the middle of uh, in the middle of podcasts. We normally get like dogs barking and phones ringing. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Where was I? Um, it's okay. So yeah, I feel like I just I I love working for myself and having the freedom to almost create what I want to create. Like I know I'm still working with clients, but it's not strict. I can follow my own style. I can really take the lead on it and produce some like really cool work that really represents me as a designer rather than having to stick to some sort of like red blue and white color scheme and you know be very corporate and yeah Yeah. so it's 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 opened so many doors for me that I never really expected but I find that these things you do always accidentally fall into them and um and yeah you know the people that sort of almost not saying it's a bad thing but some people are like right that's what I want to do I want to be a freelance designer I'm going to have my own business and sort of start from scratch I feel like sometimes the determination isn't always there because when you fall into something and you find that you really love it, you're like, oh, you know, I can do this. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's almost, yeah, you sort of prove yourself, prove it to yourself before you yeah. even, um, yeah, before before you even thought about it. You don't have that, that space for self-doubt then. I suppose yeah. you can fall into it and it's like, oh, this is something I never thought I could do. Oh, well, I might as yeah. well done with it now. Um, oh, exactly. But that is, that is something that I think all designers, I know I do at least, suffer with sort of the self-doubt situation mm-hmm. and the like imposter syndrome as they call it yeah um and the wondering if what you're doing is good enough and whether you, you've just fallen into it and mm-hmm. should I really be should I've stuck what I with what uni would have wanted me to do or what I'm technically qualified in and that sort of thing do you do you find that you struggle well, sometimes frozen. with the confidence side of it oh there we go sorry that just completely froze during That's that okay. I didn't hear that <laughs> I said, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, with the imposter syndrome and everything, um, and sometimes you're wondering whether you're whether you're good enough, whether you should just stick with what you're qualified to technically to do or what uni wanted you to do and things like that. Do you, do you ever find that you, you suffer with that self-doubt and worry about whether, whether it's all going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I think every single designer experiences yeah. this. I mean, I am a fairly confident person generally, like... Um, you know, I do feel quite happy in a lot of the work I produce, which is which is great because I know not, not a lot of people have that. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong, like I do have a lot of self-doubt and I think that comes from client work mostly. Like, you know, you do get the odd client and you send your logos over and they're like, I uh, don't really like them. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah this exactly. Is, this is something that we've talked about quite a lot on the podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I have at least. And it's something that I, I do uh, struggle with. So it's something I always bring up um sort of the the dealing with criticism and mm-hmm. when someone comes back to you and says I don't like your like the logo that you've designed me or I don't like the branding mm-hmm. I know you've had this happen to you recently oh yeah um with a yeah one like one or two clients I know it doesn't happen to you very often just pointing that out but um yeah. <laughs> I mean it happens to everyone um yeah yeah and sort of when a client comes to you and says no, I'm not happy with that I don't like that what you've done at yeah. all and thinking oh my god am I awful at what I do or yeah is it is it me is it the client like what what's what's happened what's gone wrong I mean 
I think that tends to be, like, my worst nightmare, if I'm being totally honest. Oh, sorry. Sorry, the connection just went again. (laughs) (laughs) Keith breaking up. Um, Yeah, I just find that, like, I get a lot of anxiety when I send off that, that first concept and you're so scared to see the response and... You know, nine times out of ten, the client is like, oh my god, it's amazing, I love it. You know, all that great stuff that you love to hear. And then just one time, you'll get the odd, "Mm, I'm a little bit disappointed. Sometimes, you know, you get clients that are really, really great with you, but they're like, I'm so sorry, like, I just don't really feel that it's the right direction. And some of them are really, really great with, you know, discussing feedback, but then you do get the odd client that can sometimes become a little bit nasty. Um, I have had clients in the past that have sort of said things like, it's just text on a page, or... You know, I feel like it's got no creativity and you sort of sit there and think, you know, I've spent hours and hours on this, you know, Um, and it it almost feels a little bit insulting because you're like, "Um, I put so much time and effort into this. And I do find that generally um, the consensus is like, it tends to fall into two categories. The first one is other creatives that you're working with to say people that work in marketing or even web design or just some sort of creative job. Um, they tend to sort of have an idea in their head of the logo they want. And rather than expecting you to come up with the ideas, they want to come up with the ideas and have you sort of just put it on paper, which obviously is not really our job, but sometimes you just have to roll with it when they're so, you know, they make their little logo in Canva and send it over to you. And they're like, can you make this? And you kind of have to sit down and go, that's not the best design. And they're like, but it looks amazing. I'm like, "Mm." Um, you just have to sort of, sit back and think right you've just had to educate these people <laughs> um because not yeah. everybody understands good design i mean sometimes you forget that you're almost the expert and um you it's your job to try and explain why that color won't work or why that particular typeface won't look good next to this one um but yeah and then the second category is people that choose to work with you without having an appreciation for your individual style as a designer um, I feel like a lot of people come to you, to me sometimes. Um, these aren't always people that I choose to work with, but you know, people that approach me and they're like, "Oh, like I'm looking for a logo for, say, like a beauty parlor, and um, I want it to be blue and have glitter on it." And I'm like, "Have you taken the time to look at my feed? Yeah, because that is just not something I would create." And sometimes, you know, these clients do slip through the cracks and you do end up working with them and you just find some point along the line that you're just not really connecting or clicking with each other. And, you know, I have had to end projects before. Um, It's not always the the nicest thing, but sometimes, you know, you're just just not a great fit for each other, Um, which is why I try so hard to sort of almost improve my screening process for clients. Yeah, you like better clients, don't you? I think that's a very good bug to be in to the point where you... Because I'm definitely not... Well... I should I don't know if I should say this publicly, but like I'm not necessarily at the point yet where I would turn clients away. Um, yeah, because I, I, know I don't know. Feeling. I suppose where I haven't necessarily got a very distinctive style, so there's not there's not people that I wouldn't want to work with. And I am sort of I do quite a lot of variety, so I'm quite happy to work with a construction company one day and a beauty yeah. salon the next day. Where so that's not necessarily you, a bad yeah, thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. No. no, it's quite fun to have the variety, and I really enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. But then when you do have a very specific style and you do obviously have the demand for it, you can turn people away and say, no, we're not all right. We're not the right fit. We don't, we don't yeah. work together. And Which I find I think- that I have done that a lot recently. I mean, maybe like a couple of months ago, I was sort of like, oh, please, I really hope that I get enough clients to like book out this month. Whereas um, I'll go through phases where I'm just getting email after email 
um, of people filling up my brand inquiry form, which is amazing, but half of those just aren't right for me. Yeah. Um, I find that the telltale signs of a good um, client is somebody that has maybe been following you for a while, they really love your work. You know, I have a little box in my um, brand inquiry form that's like, why do you want to work with me? Yeah. And some people just write, I like your work. And you can tell that, you know, they've clicked on my feed, they've gone, oh, she might do, and they messaged me. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with shopping around for designers. Like, don't get me wrong. You no, want to find not. find the right one, but you want to make sure that the clients you're working with want to work with you specifically and not just a designer. Yeah, it is almost um, like you worry that people stumble onto your page and go, oh, they design stuff, they'll do. And exactly. when actually, if they just looked a little bit harder, they might have found someone who actually could do them a lot better job. Because Precisely. Because they sort of specialise in that a bit more. Sorry, it just froze then. And my alarm went off. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fine. Oh, yeah, it's six o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it, it is something that I think a lot of designers definitely struggle with is getting to a point in a project where you think, how has this gone so wrong? Like, what's happened? And I think there is definitely a lot to be said for process and making sure that you do everything um, in a very meticulous way. And I've spoke about this a lot on this on this podcast and um, I did a call in with a with a guy called Danny Matthews a few months ago, and he said all about asking the right questions at the start, and how design as designers we're sort of we get too caught up in our own ideas sometimes, and we don't ask the right whys and the why do you want to do this? What is the real pro- problem? What what are you asking me to solve? Like if they've got a logo already, what's wrong with that logo? Why 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 do you want to why do you why do you want a new one? What's 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 the problem? And then yeah. There's there sometimes there will be occurrences sometimes where it turns out that actually there's nothing wrong with their current logo. They just wanted a bit of a spruce up, but actually what they'd be better off investing their money in is new print design and yeah. um, some new uh, an updated brand tone of voice and the way that they sort of approach things like yeah. that. So sometimes you'll never please a client because actually you're not not which I find really interesting. That's what I love yeah. about design is that you're, you're essentially solving a problem, being like a problem solver and like... The whole strategy side of it as well, which is something that I know that you really include a lot mm-hmm. of in your process, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brand strategy is really important to me just because I feel like it really, really helps you to sort of understand the brand that you're working with. Yeah. I mean, without knowledge of who their target audience are, how are you supposed to design a logo that's going to attract that particular audience? Um, I get a lot of people come to me and sometimes I sort of have to sit sit them down almost and explain like your logo as much as you have to like it it's not for you it's supposed to attract your target audience and make them want to buy your brand and etc etc and you know understanding things like that can really inform a lot of design decisions Um, you know looking at brand inspiration uh, looking at competitors what your um you know leading competitors are doing well what they're not doing so well um and yeah just just looking at all sorts of things like that can really really help you to make the right decisions when it comes to branding i mean i'm working with um a photographer at the minute and um her sort of brand ethos is all about you know being really kind i mean the name is kind folk photography and she's very like warm-hearted um, she actually has like a, almost a little panel of her like dream clients that she's worked with and she's sending all the stuff over to them like what do you think of this and I think that's really amazing because not a lot of people um, you know get their dream clients involved in the design process when actually in fact you know they're the ones that you really should be designing for 
Um, so That's yeah, a really good really idea. Good. And it, yeah. I think it does sometimes, as you say, it comes down to how much um, a client wants to get involved. And mm-hmm. I always say how much a design process is such a collaborative process between the, the client oh, yeah. and the designer. It is such a back and forth and it's all about mm-hmm. what both of you can contribute. Because obviously yeah. nobody knows their business like them at the end of the day. As a yeah, designer, exactly. you can try and learn about it and you can try and get right involved in the business, but you're never going to know it quite as well as a business owner. So oh, yeah. if a client can be that involved and that sort of take the initiative, yeah, taking the initiative to go out and do their own research oh, yeah. and things like that, then that, that's brilliant. That's really mm-hmm. lucky to yeah. be working with someone like that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really amazing. She'll send me an email back, you know, and she'll be like, client A said this and client B said this and I yeah. agree with this. And, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's really interesting to uh, work with the process in this way, but I think it's really great and I would definitely encourage, you know, more more people to almost get their clients to do that um, because, yeah, you know, it's a really great insight. You know, you might really love a logo, but your clients might feel that it doesn't represent their experience with you or... Yeah. You know, some people might just think it's trendy. I mean, I know definitely a lot in the beauty industry, and I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, there is a very sort of distinct style of logo okay. in the beauty yeah. industry. You've got the the logos that are sort of the hand-drawn, um, illustrative faces with the little hand. Um, they're a very popular one at the minute, and you've got yeah. the sort of the glittery rose gold and the, yeah, it's... Geometric every, shapes over glittery swashed backgrounds with like yeah, the yeah. brush stroke. Every yeah. single beauty brand looks exactly the same. Yeah. But why would you want that for your brand? No, why exactly. would you want somebody to look at your lashes business yeah. and be like, oh, you know, there's a lashes brand. I maybe remember the name, but I probably won't remember it as a whole. No. Whereas one of my beauty clients who I mentioned earlier, uh, she got back to me and she was like, I feel like my brand is so different to everybody else. Yeah. She's like, I feel really noticed and unique and it's a really great feeling. And that's yeah. what people should be striving for when they work with a designer for sure. Oh, exactly. Yeah. The whole idea of what we do and creating brand identities is to be memorable mm-hmm. and for people yeah. to, to see your brand and think, Oh yeah, I will remember that. Well, they won't, they won't obviously consciously think that, but that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that is how it works. As you say, if, yeah. if it's just a forgettable, run-of-the-mill logo they'll maybe remember the name because that's the only part mm-hmm. of that business that is actually yeah. unique um and then they'll go into the next beauty page which is basically got the same logo recycled with a different name plastered over it mm-hmm. whereas obviously creating a brand identity is all about creating that visual impression on someone and even yeah. more than the visual stuff you've got the tone of voice you've got the use of photography oh, well, that's visual but yeah you've got the the sort of marketing content plan everything else that goes behind it the actions of the business all sorts of that all that sort of stuff that's what makes it memorable. That's what makes it stand out. Exactly. People. I mean, branding is all about forming these sort of like memorable experiences. Yeah. You know, if if you buy, say, from a jewellery company and it comes and it's got a really pretty sticker on it and you open it up and you've got a handwritten thank you note that's designed really beautifully with the branding and, you know, tissue paper, you're going to remember that. You're going to think, oh, that was really pretty packaging. And sometimes even more so than the product, like that is going to inform your decision to buy with them again. You'll be like, oh, that place that has the really pretty packaging, let's order from them again. And that's exactly how it works. Or, you know, you know, you might have a brand that's like purple with, I don't know, a little rainbow on it. And then you might see something like you might see a little rainbow print and be like, oh, that reminds me of that brand. But it might be subconscious, but that thought process is still there. And that's all about, you know, creating the unique experience, the unique identity. You want your business to be its own rather than fall yeah. into the the sort of sea the of everything else yeah. that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Literally. 
yeah, you saying like that memorable stuff. There's a guy that we had on the podcast back in the summer called Mike Jander. I think I shared it in our in our group chat actually. Yeah. And um, his branding is very sort of um, striking, and it uses a lot of black and yellow. And he said on a podcast once that he had somebody who went abroad and saw a black and yellow Lamborghini, and it was just a follower of his that sent a picture of the black and yellow Lamborghini and said, "Look, it's a Mike Jander Lamborghini." And he was like, it's just two colours, but it just has become so recognisable and so memorable to people as being his brand, yeah. which is obviously a great situation exactly. to get yourself in to the point where people just associate two colours with who you are. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that that's why you might want to have sorry, a very just, specific... Just <laughs> sorry, yes, yeah, probably my internet. Um, <laughs> that's probably why you want to have a very specific brand image and say what what you do with the very boho girly lots of nudes and terracottas and those sort of color palettes then people would say mm-hmm. go to a shop and see something you know like h&m home always <laughs> associate with like your sort of brand yeah. the boho type stuff go in there oh, and be like it. oh look it's a, it's a casey proctor wall hanging or a casey proctor yeah because <laughs> they just look in the same sort of style. Definitely I mean, that would be the dream, with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely wouldn't get that with my feed because I use so many different colours that you'd never be able to associate anything with it. But yeah, I think that that's definitely... Your personal brand becomes so memorable in itself and obviously that's what mm-hmm. makes you you noticed and recognisable as a designer too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's, it's really amazing to have that. I mean, just thinking about, you know, somebody walking into a shop and seeing something and thinking of me, like, it... it it makes you just thinking sorry my alarm's going off um but yeah just being able to sit back and think wow you know I actually have become successful through this it's a really amazing amazing feeling I mean and I've got such a strong sort of support network around me I mean we have um a really great group chat on Instagram with like several other designers in it and we're always chatting in there sharing tips and experiences and things and like you know it's really great like freelancing almost is such a an independent sort of solo thing but when you sort of bring so many people together and you're all doing the same thing and it's like we've got our own little community I can't speak community <laughs> of design and yeah it's really really amazing I mean obviously you know my family are really supportive my friends you know my boyfriend's really supportive him and his mum always share everything I post on Facebook <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. really really great yeah well it is good that is another thing about social media obviously going back to what we were saying at the start and how some people my co-host Mark Hirons, uh, who will probably be editing this podcast will be thinking <laughs> bloody social media these lot um, <laughs> but I that that is a big draw for me why I love using social media especially Instagram as we say the community side of it and the support because when you're working as a freelance or an independent designer you do you tend to work by yourself and the only people you ever really talk to are your clients so having that support network on your social media is so important yeah yeah and it's definitely I mean that's how we got to know each other and yeah that's how we know sometimes like you just go through like a frustrating situation with a client and you just you just want to like talk to someone about it and be like am I being crazy or (laughs) you know what should I do or yeah you know it's really great and I mean no matter how how many followers you have on Instagram or how supposedly successful you are um you know you can always turn to people every single person has different knowledge whether you're talking to a designer who's got 300 followers or 10,000 followers everybody's going to have something different to offer 
um and just like being able to chat to everybody is was really great and I mean even you know our group chat isn't always consisting of design talk I mean we have some random chats about random things and yeah. I feel like I've made friends through it do you know what I mean yeah like, I never expected that like yeah it's, it's really great sorry froze again for a sec yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no we are we are really lucky to have that group on Facebook yeah uh, Facebook Instagram get more confused yeah. um but um yeah and as I say we can go in you can sort of vent when you've had a bad experience yeah. or even send a couple of designs in and go guys which one do you prefer like I know you did that the other day yeah, with a couple yeah, of, yeah. Um, <laughs> social posts and people going in and saying does anybody know why um my social media marketing plan isn't working like what's going on yeah. with my hashtags or say we all support each other with engagement as well so yeah yeah, yeah, it's really great. yeah put each other's put so, our posts in and be like guys yeah. new post <laughs> go I and, and give it some love I remember a couple of months ago I had a really bad experience with a client and she literally took me to court and it was like a whole thing and it yeah. was like oh it gave me so much anxiety and I was like right from this point on sorry my thing keeps I'm recording I'm gonna start that again I'm gonna start that again <laughs> yeah so I had like a really bad experience a few months ago with a client and she literally like nearly took me to court like trying to get all her money back and she didn't yeah. deserve it but that's that's a thing for a whole nother day and um after that experience I was like I need a contract um yeah like this isn't working like I need something stable in place so some girls in the chat did have contracts um some of them didn't and I think now literally everybody has a contract because we were just all sharing ideas like yeah um I managed to develop my contract quite well and then I sent it out to like loads of us in the group yeah, chat and people was like oh thanks for sending that it's really helpful <laughs> and yeah. I feel like every you know we just bounce ideas off each other and you know it's a really really great community yeah yeah it's great because everybody's got their strong points as well haven't they I mean yeah. we've all done different stuff at whether we've done uni uh -huh. or not done uni or we've got industry experience or oh, yeah. every time you put something in about, oh, this is this has happened to me. How do you think I should deal with it? Someone will go, oh, I went through that. And then yeah. you feel <laughs> so much less alone. And even like yeah. things the other day, we were talking about how to do tax returns. And yeah, oh, I've, yeah. had, I've been doing it for three years, so I've, I know how to do it by now. And then there's obviously some girls who haven't done it I yet, haven't even so. done it before, no. Yeah, so that's a whole fun game that you've got coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the... Social media, as much as it's got its downsides and it stresses us all out and we all probably mm -hmm. spend too much time on it, the community side is so important. And oh, yeah, I'm really course. grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would not be where I am now or sort of have the belief in myself if it wasn't for other people, you know. I still find it so crazy that people message me and they're like, oh, I really admire you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like some something in my head is like, why me? Yeah. You know, I know some of my work's all right but wow it's really incredible like I think um maybe it was a couple of months ago now um I'm a massive advocate on Instagram for sort of like sharing smaller designers whose work I think is really really great and doesn't get the recognition they deserve and there was one girl if I'm being honest I can't, I can't remember who it was now but I shared one of her designs to my story and I was like oh go go and follow this girl like her work's really really great and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Katie Prop just put me on her story. And I was like, I'm really like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> That's really funny. I oh went and told my mum and she was like, oh, celebrity. <laughs> and I was like, I'm literally, I think at the time I had like 4,000 followers or something like that. And I was like, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. But, but yeah, um, it is really great. Um, it's a confidence boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, people, people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're an inspiration. And I'm like 
<laughs> it's literally just me like sat in my room at like half 12 at midnight like designing and it's you know it's just really crazy but yeah how lucky are we lucky are we though that we get to do that sort of stuff and do what we oh, love yeah. doing as a career and get paid for it so it's so crazy like I literally couldn't imagine myself doing anything else and if I was it'd still be something creative like I've always said if I wasn't a graphic designer I'd be an interior designer yeah <laughs> so you know nice. um, definitely like the creativity in people you can never like get rid of it it's always going to be there creative people are always going to be in some sort of creative line of work it's just it's just how it is exactly yeah exactly and that's a good thing because it means the Mm -hmm. more passionate you are about something the more likely you're going to do it well so yeah this is something that I actually wanted to ask you about and you I forgot about it earlier but you just reminded me (laughs) um what what was it that made you think at the very beginning I want to be a graphic designer you said you were what 14 15 and then you decided oh yeah to be one do you know someone who's a graphic designer or nope. did, did you read about it? Or Do you know what? Okay, so this it... is quite a funny story. And I don't know if I've told this before. I might have. I can't remember. But when I was young, do you know what? I must have been really, really young at the time. I must have been about 11 or 12. I watched the movie The Smurfs. Right. <laughs> and the guy in the movie was a marketing executive and he I I thought that he was responsible for making all of the adverts and designing all of them and I was like that that's what I want to do and I remember going into school as a little year seven and we had to do a little session it was like right what do you want to be when you grow up and everyone was like I want to be a footballer or I want to do makeup and I was like I want to be a marketing executive and everyone looked at me like what and I think (laughs) exactly later (laughs) I sort of I then sort of got more into the magazine side of it. And I was like, I want to be a magazine editor. But I still felt like it wasn't quite quite right. And then I think it was my careers advisor or, or something. Somebody brought it to my attention, like, you want to be a graphic designer. And I was like, what's that? And then I sort of learned a bit more. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, I've just always been a very arty, creative person. I mean, I say I've been an arty person. I literally cannot draw to save my life. Like, it's bad. It's different though, isn't <laughs> but it? But yeah, you, you know, I, I did photography in school. I've always done media studies, um, which I think a lot of people don't, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think like not a lot of people really realise how much of media studies is actually graphic design. I remember at GCSE, I was doing media studies and I had to design a magazine front cover and I got full marks and my teacher was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was like, okay. And I think sort of throughout throughout school, yeah, throughout school, I always had these sort of opportunities to do little design things and they always went really well. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I am good at this. And sort of my, my like eye developed. That's one thing I've always, always been told. I've been told it by industry professionals. I've been told it by teachers, literally everybody. Everybody says that I have the eye for design. And I think that's something that I sort of hold close to me. I'm like, yeah, that's my strong point. Um, So yeah, and then I sort of rolled with it and I don't think there's anything necessarily specific made me want to be a designer or just it's just how I am it's just what I want to do there's no logical explanation to it I just haven't changed it for the world oh there we go let's cut out again <laughs> yeah sorry that that whole bit that I was watching I know that you were speaking the whole time but it was definitely just like you know, when it goes really slowly yeah. and really fast and really <laughs> so The joys of doing podcasts over the internet, honestly. This is why we need to start being allowed to do them in person again. But um, yeah, it's, it's really great, though, that you've known since such a young age. <laughs> Did I freeze again? <laughs> Sorry, I love, yeah, love that. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's great that you, um, that you knew that you wanted to be a graphic designer from such a young age and you, you got pushed yeah. into it as well. Not pushed into it, but like, 
your school or your teachers encouraged yeah. you because this is a story I hear a lot and definitely one that I experienced was if you're not going to be an artist then a creative career is not for you it was like if you can't paint yeah. faces then find something else like and then I just I didn't yeah. even know a graphic designer was a job to be honest and I was just like Same. oh well I'm never going to be Picasso so I may as well go and do something else and that's how I ended up yeah. not doing a design degree and doing a degree in technology which had a little bit yeah. of design on the side which I was really lucky to have because obviously otherwise I would never have got back this way to what I really love yeah I mean I think I remember it must have been sort of around GCSE years uh, there was a guy from a local agency that came was like I'm a graphic designer here's what I do and I feel like that was almost a bit of a light bulb moment I was like oh okay that's what that is that looked kind of cool like I want to do that and then funnily enough I think it was a year or two years later or whenever it was I was 16 I was doing my work experience he was the he was the guy that I ended up doing my work experience with oh, really? um which was quite interesting I was like hey I remember you did a talk in my school a few years ago um and yeah I mean everybody there was like they thought I was at uni and I was like, no, I'm 16. I'm 16 like, I haven't done A-level. Sure. They, they all thought I was either sort of in sixth form or doing uni because they all thought I was, oh, my God, this sounds so boastful and awful. But they all thought I was, like, so good at it. And, yeah. you know, they were like, oh, you should really do this. And I was like, I am. That's <laughs> um, really good, though, because yeah. it, it did. It, mean that, it meant that you got encouraged to do what it is that yeah, you love rather than people going, you can't paint, so creative isn't for you whereas there's so much there's so much I think that's digital such a, design. Massive, a massive misconception I get yeah. people message me they're like I want to be a graphic designer but I can't draw what do I do I'm like you don't uh, have to draw. I can't draw uh, I'm like, yeah. don't get me wrong I'm not the most incapable like if somebody asked me to draw a picture I could draw a picture it just probably wouldn't look great yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I think a lot of people presume that graphic design you have to be able to draw and illustrate and it's really not it's really not the case no, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same thing with a lot of things, isn't there? Like, you can be, like, a lot of graphic designers can illustrate as well because they can yeah. draw. And in the same way, a lot of graphic designers can do web design too because they can code or they can design websites or however, how design websites. But, um, yeah, and then some, some people are... Your skill set is... And even if you're a bit limited in one way, that doesn't mean you can't do the career at all. Like there's still scope for everybody to do yeah, to do what we exactly. do because digital design is such, and even non-digital design, just design in general is such a broad industry and there is so much that you can do in it and you can be interested in all different types of things, whether it's design related or not. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast and come on this podcast are really into sports illustration. So yeah. that's very specific and a lot of what they do comes from a love of sports and they get into it that way so yeah. it, it does it just shows that you it's not there's no conventional path there's no sort of you have yeah. to be able to do this to do this it's a it's a, exactly. everybody gets in their own way I mean and I know that there are people on my course that have done graphic design and maybe throughout the course of the the course yeah the course of the <laughs> course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've found that it's maybe not quite for them and they maybe want to go down the more illustrative route or something like that I mean, one of my bestest friends here at uni, um, she's Cara Egan Illustrates on Instagram. Give her, give her a little plug. She's she's an amazing artist. Like her paintings are really amazing. And she does these really great illustrations. And she I think she definitely wants to go down the more illustrative rate. But rate? Route? Oh, my God, I cannot speak. Today. <laughs> so um, I'd love to say it's late, but it's not. It's 20 past six. No. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, some people start off in graphic design and find that maybe illustration is the way they want to go 
web design amazing. Yeah. Very good. Froze again. Froze. But yeah. I, I did hear what you said. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I had somebody on my course, bearing in mind, um, I did a obviously technology and design course and then we had a, a just a straight design course that ran straight down the side. One a girl that I knew really well decided at the end of it, actually design is not for me, but I love the sort of marketing side of it. So she went off and did a marketing mm-hmm. masters. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. you never know where you're gonna go with it, do you? So yeah. it's different, different story for everyone. Everyone's on their own sort of path with it. So I mean, as I said, if you want to be creative, you're gonna be creative. You know, there's always a path to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And as I said, I I never ever really intended to open up my branding business, but here mm. I am doing it, and it's what I love. And I literally couldn't imagine doing anything else. So yeah, yeah it all works out then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So one more question that I did really want to ask you about is um, sort of, so we know, um, actually, no, we didn't bring this up. This is something I've spoken to you about. This is not something I've brought up on the podcast. So I'm going to do it now. Right. <laughs> what is your recommendation or advice to anybody who's listening thinking, okay, cool. I'm right at the beginning of this. I'm right at the beginning of this journey. I've got a few hundred followers on Instagram. I've got like two portfolio pieces or maybe not even that they've got no portfolio pieces or some concept work that they've done mm-hmm. thinking how on earth do I find clients what do I do what's your so advice I literally get asked this question on the daily it's probably my most asked question every single time I do a Q&A on Instagram it comes up um, I have written a blog post on it in the past um, and genuinely the main thing is just do work you know yeah. passion projects or personal projects whatever you want to call them are really the way to go um, I did so many when I first started and I'm, to be fair I still do a lot now because yeah. um, let's be honest client work sometimes you have projects and you're like oh that's not quite my style I'm just not going to include that but I do like to do a lot of passion projects as well um, basically I just write a massive list of all of my dream clients I mean sort of doing the logo core challenge really helped me to understand the sorts of things I enjoy designing you know I yeah. found that beauty logos and those sorts of things were really what I enjoyed feminine logos and that's sort of where I found my niche and then from that I wrote a massive list of my dream clients had things like photographer a baker an event stylist I basically just thought of everything that I could and wrote it down in a massive list and then went through that list and just made some branding for it yeah um and then posted it on my page um you don't have to be explicit and say this is a passion project um but obviously don't hide that it's like not obviously not for a client um and yeah just churn loads of work out it doesn't necessarily just have to be branding projects I mean a lot of the stuff on my Instagram is like mock-ups or photos or like I don't know some sort of quote that I've designed you know just get your name out there on social media um I joined a lot of Facebook groups as well um when I first started so things like Society Girl or Creative Girl Gang and I just like put my work in there I was like hi I'm a graphic designer like if you want to give me a follow go give me a follow and yeah, just sort of building things up from there. And then I genuinely found that social media was where I got my clients from. So the more my followers grew, the more interaction I had and uh, the more clients I gained. So basically, yeah, it's just all about really doing a lot of work. And on, this is going to help you find your style as well. I mean, just churn out the work. <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time. And you might feel really disheartened when, you know, you're just not getting them clients. And trust me, I've been there as well. I think every single designer who is now definitely some sort of successful um everybody's been there at the start where you're not getting as many clients I mean even now I might have a little hiccup and I might have a month where I'm not necessarily getting as many clients um but yeah it's just all about 
really showcasing your work and <laughs> this alarm is really getting on my nerves now how funny <laughs> it's right we're so used to these phones ringing and so phones <laughs> ringing dogs barking used to it it's fine um, alarm's going off <laughs> yeah basically to anyone i'm just that's starting out you've really just got to do the work to get persist. the work essentially yeah yeah you know you're not going to get anywhere by just sitting on your bum and posting on instagram every month you know yeah. you've got to really put in the hard work and even though you might not be seeing results to start with if you keep going and if you keep being cons- consistent uh you're going to get there eventually yeah, it's so. not an overnight thing is it it is all about no. this is what okay. i would say a business like ours is all about momentum and as yeah. you say, the more the more you do clients, the more clients are going to recognise you and want you to work for them. Exactly. Work with them. So if you're not showing up and doing the work and showing off that you can do the work, nobody's going to want to invest mm-hmm. their money in you at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. I mean, so. I started my business in what, September 2019? And my first fully booked month was maybe April. Um, so yeah, it, t- it took yeah. me a while to be able to get to a point where I'm like, yay, I'm fully booked. Um but yeah, you know, it takes time. But if if you're really serious about it and you're really dedicated, it it will happen. You've just got to you yeah. just got to be patient. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it is. And another thing that I really wanted to ask you about and I know that this gets asked and brought up in on Instagram <laughs> and it gets brought up in our yeah. girls group chat. How did you raise your prices? Because <laughs> I know that you charge, a... you charge quite a, a decent amount for branding, not like an, yeah. a silly amount and not you, you you charge probably more than a lot of young designers would necessarily yeah. charge, um, I think, which is a good thing because you should be charging yeah. a lot for your, and we probably all should be charging more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's often about getting that confidence. So yeah, yeah how, how sure. did you how did you get there? Is my question. So when this first client that I mentioned approached me and she was like, "Can you do a logo for my cheerleading team?" She was like, "Okay, give me a price," and I was like, "Uh, thirty pound." Yeah, and she and, yeah, and she was like well, you know, it's for a society at university, like our budget is probably 60. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll do 40. Because, you know, when you first start out, you're really awkward about asking people for money. Um, It's the most horrible thing being like, okay, I'm really sorry, but you need to pay me now. Like, it's the most horrible, horrible thing to have to say to clients, especially when you're first starting. Um, And eventually, you know, we did the project and she paid me the full 60 pound in the end. I didn't ask for it, but she did. Um, and then I was like, okay, maybe I am worth a bit more than I think. Yeah. Um, so I was doing logos for £60 for a month and then it raised a little bit. I think I then raised it to £120. Um, oh, and this wasn't just for a logo. This was for like a little package. Sort of at the time I was doing a, a few variations of logos and a brand guidelines document. And um, really I think it's about, you know, over time my process has improved, my style has improved um my technique and my general skill has improved and you know I am not the same designer that I was two months ago let alone six months ago and you just have to sort of think am I really charging enough um I do so much work I mean now I've got a whole brand strategy document and I have a client welcome packet and I do artistic logos and photo logos and brand marks and all of this stuff that I never ever used to do and I'm like I can't just do that for free like I've got to charge for it um and it you just have to sort of sit down and have a serious conversation with yourself like I'm practically working at x amount an hour or I'm not earning enough to pay for this or you have to sort of think about what your ideal income would be and then just sort of split it up project by project, month by month, however you want to do it. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm really lucky that I've 
being able to charge the amount that I charge because you know some people will come to me and they're like oh you charge too much and it's often clients and often small businesses but then designers come to me and they're like you're not charging enough mm-hmm. um and I mean I have a lot yeah, of followers that are actually that. from America <laughs> and um I find it so much easier over in America to charge thousands for branding not so easy here in the UK I'm not sure why that is I still haven't figured that one out yet um but yeah, people come up to me and they're like, you should be charging thousands for that. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that yet. Because um, obviously, you know, my niche is small businesses. I'm, I'm not going to charge like £3,000 for a branding package because I know that my ideal client isn't going to be able to afford that. Um, yeah. But it's just sort of finding finding a balance and thinking, you know, what goes into your pricing? I mean, for me, it's not just about the time it takes. It's about my skill. It's about the value that it adds to the business, the deliverables you get, basically just everything that goes into it um you know me charging the same amount of money as Brighton made for example would be ridiculous because she's extremely experienced and has you know years of branding and she's huge on Instagram and you know me charging the same amount as her probably wouldn't be the best shout but then again somebody who maybe has a thousand followers on Instagram who's maybe worked with five clients isn't going to be in the same position to charge the same amount as me, for example. It's all about your experience and your talent and what you're offering for your clients. And yeah, there's just basically so much that goes into it. And there are so many people that just undercharge for their work. And I think there needs to be a serious <laughs> uproar in the industry of, no, this is what you have to pay for professional branding. And I think websites like Fiverr really sort of devalue that because... Yeah. And Canva especially, because people are like, oh, I'm not going to pay £500 for a logo because I can just make one myself. Or, yeah. And that's a lot what my platform is about on Instagram as well, trying to educate people as why we charge the amount that we do and why it's necessary that you invest in branding and all this all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is, it is hard because this is definitely something that I resonate with, the fact that my, yeah. um, my, my uh, ideal business and uh, my ideal client, sorry, is small businesses. So people yeah. are always saying to me, oh, up your prices, up your prices. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to change my ideal audience. I don't want to change who I'm targeting mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the, the clients that I want to work with and that I'm passionate about working with can't afford those prices. So yeah, what are you supposed exactly to do? <laughs> you I think up, sometimes yeah. it, like, you know it's time to raise your prices when you're fully booked, yeah. when you're really high in demand, Mm-hmm. and when your clients aren't arguing with your prices yeah. um you know I found that people come into me and be like how much and I'd go oh it's this much and they'd go okay yeah and I think anything oh, okay <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly and maybe that's when you need to sort of sit back and yeah. think oh okay maybe I could charge a little bit more for this or um you know and a lot of these people that do come to me and pay a little bit more they're all still small businesses um I find that the higher your price is the more trusted you are as a designer. Yeah. Like somebody true. that maybe charges £50 for a logo. And, you know, I found within our group chat as well, the, the girls that seem to charge a lot less get more, I don't really want to use this term, but like nightmare clients, clients that they have issues yeah. with. Um, They tend to be at a lower price point because, you know, people aren't going to pay 500 quid if they're going to mess you around, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean... It, it, it's got a lot to it but it's a very complex subject pricing and it's something it that is. I feel like isn't it's not chatted about enough um but well, yeah I, I we do, do think... chat about it an awful lot on the podcast to be honest yeah it, it does good. always get brought up because it is such a tricky thing for designers and nobody wants to do it because at the end of the day we're creative people 
we don't want to be yeah. dealing with that crap like we don't want to oh, be exactly. dealing with all the, the numbers and the the sort mm-hmm. of pricing strategy it's just no it's just not my favorite um yeah and yeah it's you don't know what what you're doing right because as you say yeah all right at a lower price you might be getting more interest but then mm-hmm. you're also going to be putting off the people who would be better or better clients and higher end clients exactly. because they'll be looking at you and going well why should you charge cheaper work must be shit when yeah, actually exactly. no it's just that you're not charging enough for it and that's mm-hmm. exactly the problem yeah no that's exactly right i mean people that charge a lot less for logos i mean um tend to i don't i don't know how to say this but like you know them sort of like beauty logos and the, the classic yeah. ones they they tend to be very sort of generic logos not but everyone also, don't get me wrong yeah. not everyone but you don't a get lot the process of either like we've talked yeah. so much about the process and i've definitely learned a lot from you about the process and mm-hmm. the brand guidelines document and mood boards and things like that obviously i didn't go to yeah. uni so i didn't learn about any of this stuff and it's sort of you learn from other people and i think up to my prices since i've <laughs> i turned it off alarm again um yeah Sorry. i've definitely upped my prices since i've started implementing those parts into my process and i did yeah. a big post the other day about how how sort of in-depth my process is now mm-hmm. and i think people will want to pay for that and i have i have noticed that with clients that they do get really sold on that process and they go ah oh, okay so we're going to start we're going to do discovery first and we're going to do the mood and you think oh well, you are really going to understand what i want then aren't you and you're going to you're going to do all your all your research first and it's not just a case of right okay yeah you want a logo sure what what's your favorite color knock it together and chuck it back in a png format and that's it you're exactly. over and done with i had like, i had somebody approach me for a logo once and she was like i like the color blue so i'd like that in the logo and i like horses I know it doesn't have anything to do with my business, but I like horses, so I want that in the logo. <laughs> and you think, okay, um, not the right client for me, but, you know, no. somebody who's maybe charging, say, £10 for a logo, and there are so many accounts on Instagram that's like, £10 logos, like, and they all tend to look fairly generic, and, you know, yeah. how we were talking about that classic beauty logo earlier, like, that's what mm-hmm. these cheaper logos tend to be. And you're not just paying for a logo, you're paying for the experience, and... You're paying to understand your business more. You're paying for a professional design. You're paying for something really unique um, and specific to your brand. And yeah, as you said, like the process is a massive part of it. I mean, so many people have said that's why they wanted to work with me um, because I do so many posts on my Instagram stories about um, my day and what I'm doing. Yeah, behind the scenes type stuff and really showing the ins and outs how you do it, yeah yeah exactly and that definitely that definitely sells client sells clients what's the word <laughs> sells myself Attracts, to clients yeah, yeah, there we go clients, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, had a, I had a client actually he said to me recently I can't remember if I asked him I think I oh he said he was really impressed with um sort of the process and how things were going through mm-hmm. and I said well that is why I charge the money that I do um because I think that the process makes it worth it and I said I hope yeah. you agree and he said to me well I'm of the impression that cheaper price you pay it twice so yeah and i was like that is so true the fact that if you if you pay 30 quid for a logo you're probably gonna end up having to pay for a new one in a couple of years anyway because exactly. it's not gonna be high quality it's not gonna be unique it's not gonna be tailored to your business it's not gonna actually mm-hmm. sort of complement your business or help with your marketing or make your brand stand out or be memorable in any sort of way exactly. you're gonna end up having to reinvest in it so you might as well just and do so it many right. people so many people come to me and they're like oh i've got this logo i had it desi- yeah. designed don't really like it anymore it doesn't really fit my brand yeah 
nine times out of ten clients come to me like that. I, I would say maybe half of my clients come to me with that situation and half of them come to me and they don't have a logo yet. And that yeah. tends to be my sort of general general client base, I guess. But yeah, yeah, most of them come to me and they're like, oh, I had this logo made or or even I've worked with a cheaper designer. They didn't get my vision. This is the logo. And they send me some like ugly looking thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. And then, yeah. you know, I create something and they're like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I yeah. worked with you and paid a bit more money and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And it does it does prove that paying the, the decent prices and investing... As they say, mm-hmm. you, you always should be investing in your business, but investing in your brand, I think, is such an overlooked mm-hmm. thing by some businesses, and they don't realise how yeah. important that branding is. We've we discussed it I... a lot, how important it is, and people don't necessarily realise that, so they don't want to spend the big money on it. Which yeah, is people put, tend to put branding at the bottom of their lists yeah. because they don't realise how important it is. And as I said, my Instagram is so much about trying to educate people on this. Yeah. Um, and so many people find it helpful, which is which is really great, but... I did a little post earlier sort of based on social media branding and things, as I mentioned. And um, one of the things I said was, you know, second to your, maybe your product or what you're selling or your brand ethos or your tone of voice, et cetera, et cetera. Second to that is your branding. You know, people aren't going to buy from you if you've got some logo that doesn't represent you or isn't necessarily the nicest thing to look at. You know, you just have to think how many times have you personally bought stuff because you've liked the branding. Yeah. Like for me... I saw an advert on my Instagram page for, is it Hey Estrid Razors or something? Like oh, that? yeah, I was like, we've spoken about this before. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that looks pretty. I'm going to buy it. Exactly. And yeah. I, I asked a lot of people a while ago, like, what sort of things have you bought because you loved the branding? And yeah. it doesn't matter how good your product, your product is. If it doesn't look nice, people aren't going to buy it. Um, and that's, you know, that's why branding is so important and why you do need to invest the money in it. So, yeah. No, exactly that. There is... I think the thing is as well is that it's so underappreciated because the way mm-hmm. I see it and something I always say to my clients is that um, good design is invisible. If something's mm-hmm. designed badly, you will notice it and it yeah. will stick out like a sore thumb and you'll go, oh, that logo is horrific. Or even my dad, who's not a, um, he's not a creative person, so he runs a pipe fitting business. He, um, his golf coach got a new logo designed and he thought, he looked at it and he sent it to me and he went, it's not aligned properly. And I went, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. And that's the thing, when something's designed badly, you will notice and that will make you lose trust in a business. Whereas when mm-hmm. something is well designed and it fits with the business, it just makes sense in your brain. So your brain subconsciously mm-hmm. understands it. So then going forward, that that person, you're not going to have any hiccups. The whole brand experience and the brand journey is all going to be a lovely, like lovely smooth experience, and yeah. you're not going to put them off in any way. And people are more likely going to buy from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 important. I think people do overlook it and underestimate the importance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely something that that all designers, especially young designers who are trying to break into the mm-hmm. industry. Uh, do struggle with that so yeah 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 so before we wrap up because i know i've had you on here now for like over an hour we do have a couple <laughs> questions that we like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast um i'm gonna try Ooh, okay. to remember them um so the first one is uh what is your best purchase under 100 pounds it doesn't have to be design related it can be anything Oh, do you know what? The this. first thing that sprung to mind was my iMac, and then I was like, oh, that was definitely not under 100 pounds. 
definitely doesn't work. Even things like um, AirPods. I remember trying to say AirPods for this question and being like, they're over £100. £100 oh, is no. quite limiting. Oh, it could God. be It could be a book. It could be a piece of office decor. It could be, I don't know. Okay, okay, your, okay. Room. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah? It is this phone stand. Really? Right I know that I know that people listening won't be able to see this, but I bought these little phone stands off of Amazon and if if you follow me on Instagram, you might be able to see them in my like little office tour reels. Yeah. Um but they're literally like the most handy things and they stop me from being so distracted on my phone because normally, you know, your phone is just sort of sat on your desk and it's so easy to look at notifications, but I just sit my phone in this little stand and it sits home and it sits there and it makes it makes my office look so pretty and I feel so organized <laughs> and chic and I'm like, "Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my shit together." <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, it keep, mm-hmm. keep, makes you feel like you've got your shit together. But yeah, I suppose as well. And they were really cheap as well. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. I like the design. I yeah. know people who are listening can't hear it. Um, but we are actually recording at this point with the with the video, so you can see it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I know, I see what you mean about it being sort of out of your reach. It's like, it's, it obviously yeah. you can reach it, but I know when my phone's to the side of me and it flashes, I'm like, oh, I better grab it. Whereas I suppose if it's just there in front of you, notification pops up and goes away. That's it. Done. There we go. Lost connection. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that like if my phone sat on my desk and it lights up, I'm so likely to just like pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if it's on there, I can instantly sort of see the notification. I'm like, okay, someone liked my Instagram post. Carry on. Yeah. It's not distracting. But yeah, I like that. that, I might that, have was, to a good, that was a good little purchase of mine. Yeah. That's a good one. Good answer. I like that. Um, another one that we have uh, is... What is the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? What What is the first thing you think of when you wake up and you go, okay, let's go? Probably unhealthy, but I genuinely think of work. Like yeah. If I'm sort of like <laughs> half awake in bed, I'm like, oh, this is my to-do list for today. I need to do that. Um, and yeah, I feel like I have a fairly good morning routine. Recently, I've been waking up. And if any of you saw my Instagram stories the other day of my sort of day in the life, you'll know that I wake up at like 6.30 every morning, jump Crazy. out of bed, get ready yeah. and get straight on with work. And I think what motivates me is like knowing that I'm going to get that work done. I'm like, Oh, if I wake up now and I sit at my desk and I work for two hours, like that particular project is going to be finished or I can send off those logo concept and then it's out of my mind and I can have the rest of the day to either do uni work or chill or, you know, do it, whatever it is I want to do. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely very sort of (laughs) workaholic. (laughs) I'm, I'm a workaholic, but I'm the sort of person who will sit down and go, cool. I'm at my desk now. And then just sort of sit. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh shit! I've, I've got half an hour left of the day, and I've still got eight things to do. Yeah. See, <laughs> so I always make sure like, done it. <laughs> I get a lot of questions about like juggling uni with um, yeah. my business, and I, I genuinely I wake up really really early. I spend the first half of the day until lunch doing design work, and then the second half of it doing uni work, and then I literally just have the evening to do whatever I want, and it's literally the best routine. And I think yeah. that motivates me to get out of bed in the morning because I'm just like right if I get up I can get that done and it's almost that satisfaction of like being able to say oh I finished for the day you know rather than having to work like yeah that is good do you have a to-do list like a written down to-do list yeah yeah I you I literally just use the like reminders app on the iPhone um they have like you can do like little to-do lists on there and um oh it's so satisfying to just tick something off if I if I've got like sometimes I'll have like an overall to-do list so things that like as soon as I get an email from a client with like feedback I'm like right I need to do that and that goes straight on the to-do list but then I will also try and have like 
I maybe have two things per day for my business that I want to do. So I'll just write okay. those down quickly. And I'll be like, right, today I'm going to do the revisions for this person and start the logos for this person. And then I can get those done. Rather than like staring at this massive to-do list of like 10 things. I'm like, oh, I don't know where to yeah. start. Um, it's all about prioritising stuff. I read a book actually a while ago. Um, oh, I'm gonna, it was by Sarah Knight. Is that her name? She does a lot of sort of self-help books. And I think it was called Get Your Shit Together or How to Get Your Shit Together or something like that. And it was talking all about like how to take loads and loads of tasks and just simplify it down. And honestly, it's been one of the best like self-help books I've ever read. It's been so, so helpful, especially I want to read it again soon. Um, But yeah, it just talks about like you've got so much to do and how do you consolidate that down? Yeah. And yeah, oh, that's I really definitely cool. find I, I might that. have to have a read of that one because I'm, yeah. I'm that sort of person. I'm like, I love organised mess, but when it comes to running your own business, organised mess doesn't work. Like you no. do have to have <laughs> such a structure. And I have yeah, found, exactly. I always used to be like a, oh, I know in my head what I've got to do and I'll just mm-hmm. do it as it comes in and do it here and there. Yeah. I found as soon as I started doing a to-do list and it got better and exactly the same as what you said, if I have less but bigger tasks, then I'm more easy, like I find it easier to get them done. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I do some days have like loads of little tasks. Today was one of those days and I was really unmotivated all day where it was like tiny little admin tasks and mm. I just couldn't be bothered to do them because they're all just like higgledy piggledy all over the place type you, you can't get like into a, a into like a flow state with it so yeah I think that there's this whole um whole well, idea isn't there yeah. about the time blocking and is it time blocking yeah. or you, like yeah sort of making sure that you do certain types of work on certain days so like you do yeah. all of your admin on a Monday and then you do all of your logo design on a Tuesday because then you're already in the right headspace I feel like when I try oh, and yeah, jump around yeah. When I try and jump around between different tasks and different things, like, I just get lost and get confused. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, especially for me, like, I used to be like that as well. I used to be like, oh, I can just remember these few things I've got to do. But now I sort of have a lot more clients. I think yeah. I'm working with about five clients at one time. Sometimes you can be like, uh-oh, I forgot to do the, like, feedback for that. Or yeah. I forgot to do the revisions for that. And actually, I probably should have done them, like, last week. And you just yeah. forget things easily. So just having it all written down is the most helpful thing and yeah prioritizing stuff be like right that probably needs to be done within the next two days so I'm going to do that today or yeah you know otherwise things just get out of hand and you get stressed and yeah yeah you're exactly right yeah I think that's that's important I think as you say going around in a big circle but yeah what gets you out, out of bed in the morning is that routine and that structure isn't it and yeah being able yeah. to tick things off and know what you're going to get done that day and it must yeah it must be really motivating to know know that you're going to have that satisfaction after yeah, a certain exactly. point in time i think that's i need to work on that yeah that's yeah good, good advice I think. mind the mind the poem but we really did waffle yeah. on with that one a bit <laughs> i think it's an important point though it's, an, it's a good oh one. yeah 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 and um, that does actually lead quite well into the last question which is what advice would you have for anybody who's just starting into the business so like one specific piece of advice what would be your big thing that you'd say to people just like believe in yourself like just churn out the design work not all of it will be good but the more practice you get the more you develop your style the more content you can put out there just work hard be motivated yeah that's really it yeah (laughs) i don't really know how else to expand on that because i have already obviously chatted about getting started and stuff but yeah yeah, just having that sort of hard work and um the drive with it sort of give yourself a drive type situation Yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's a general point, but it's an important one. Yeah, if you don't yeah. believe in what you're doing and believe that you're good at it, 
then you're not going to want to do it. It's so e- it's so easy yeah. to give up. It's so easy to give up if you just yeah. if you just don't believe in yourself. I mean, there are so many times I've gone, oh, you know, can I really do this? But then you have to sort of look at the potential doors that it's going to open. You have to look at what you've already achieved and yeah, yeah just exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, that's a good way to finish it. Um, do you want to yeah. tell everyone where they can find you? Yep. So um, my Instagram is Katie Proctor Design. Um, pretty self, self-explanatory, self straightforward. And my website is uh, katieproctordesign.co.uk. So yeah, everything. All socials, just Katie Proctor Design. You'll find me. <laughs> cool. One thing that I am going to point out, because I know that I Googled you wrong once, um, is Proctor with an OR, isn't it? Not an ER. Oh yeah, this, do you know what? This is the bane of my life. <laughs> so many people spell my name wrong and it's, it's you, you look at it and you think, okay, that's not even a bad, you know, surname, whatever. People probably spell that right. No, it's, it's an OR. I had my, my art teacher in school was Mr. Proctor with an E. Um, uh, he hated it too because people would always mix yeah. us up. But yeah, Proctor with an O. <laughs> Proctor, yeah, O-R-T-O-R at the end. Is it, I think anything yeah. that's ever going to have like a uh sound is always people are just going to assume it's er it's one of them well funnily enough proctor with an o is the scottish way of spelling my surname because oh, my fam- my like my ancestors are scottish i guess right. <laughs> for my um the english way is with an e which is why a lot of people spell it wrong but yeah, but yeah. that's why i just assumed it was er and then couldn't find you yeah yeah so that's where to find you anyway so yeah yeah cool thank you so awesome. much for coming on the podcast well, thank you for really having me chat. And I think hopefully it'll be really helpful to a lot of people yeah. who are sort of yeah, in, so. in your shoes or sort of coming up to uni and like considering yeah. how it's going to help and sort of the mm-hmm. journey that you're going to go yeah, into. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs>